Ah, hello and welcome to the Horror Screams Video Vault podcast. We're part of the Horror Screams Video Vault network, and this is episode 36 of the podcast, in which we will be discussing a true classic in its 60th year, 1963 film The Birds from Mr Hitchcock is the main topic this evening. So it's going to be a really fun one. And I'm joined as ever by our regular co-host, Sarah. How is it going with yourself? It's all going good. Thank you very much. Looking yeah. forward to talking about some birds. All oh, those, all oh, those bloody birds. They got into my Blue tits. Oh, yeah, the them tits. Oh, the tits. Oh, those tits. There's a lot of tits <laughs> around, actually. There is a lot of tits around. <laughs> yeah. a, usually, when you're driving to the city or something, fuck. Uh, who? Oh, who's that tit? And the oh, yep, he's just cut across. <laughs> he didn't check his mirror. Oh God, we're all gonna die. No, he's gone. Yep tits are indeed everywhere oh, yeah. um but yes we'll be talking about tits and all and crows and of course seagulls there Definitely. was actually i mean the birds is always relevant because every year <laughs> i don't think i'll make it but every year there's a well this is local news we're in norfolk a uh, a very lovely county in the uk if you're not from around here and um, every year there's usually some radio story about seagull attack in the coastal area of Great Yarmouth. Man's chips shat on kind of thing. Yep, yep, yep. Owner loses chihuahua to deadly flying <laughs> evil seagull. Innocent family flayed alive by rampant <laughs> crow. Yeah, well, I mean, and you can kind of get it. We will obviously discuss this in a bit more detail. But, um, you know, we've all been there. We've all either been shit on by a bird and like oh god the most embarrassing thing you've got shit yeah. in your hair or you know seagulls can be massive and if you're at the yeah, seaside they've got an ice cream or something they want it yep they're kind of scary birds are kind of scary out of quite a lot of the animals that are out there okay you've got your lions and you know big predators and stuff but birds are still probably ones that you should be suspic- suspicious of i mean then they're, yeah. they're like they're dinosaurs basically they're our form of dinosaurs yeah, so the pterodactyl, shifty. Yeah, 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 entirely. And they've got they've got the the things that we kind of fear. The well, it's tooth and claw. Well, in this case, it's beak and claw, isn't it? The fear, yeah. the primal fear, is in the birds, which is that. Yeah, I mean, they can fly, so that's one massive advantage over us because we're shit. We can just walk mm-hmm. and kind of, and even that, I struggle sometimes. Um, <laughs> and, oh, always, always got over in the ice again. Oh god, um, and they can peck, you know, from from above. Uh, which is a great advantage. So our eyeballs, of course, being the most vulnerable part, they could peck. Unless, yep. of course, you've got your balls out or something, which would be a bit <laughs> weird if you're walking down the street all around here. <laughs> um, and uh, and they've got claws. Yeah. Great talon things. that they Bloody can talons, yeah. Serious damage. So, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't often see a lion around, but birds are, as the film reminds yes. us, you know, there's a line mm-hmm. about five billion birds in the US alone and that was 1963 so now that's probably grown overpopulation and everything um, sure. stretches to birds probably I don't know there's probably less actually because we're kind of wiping out species um, yeah terrifying so yeah um, that's the birds that's coming later but yeah. yes Sarah it's been a what well, it's been over a month since we last recorded we're recording at the end of January 2023 it's a new year it is and this month seems to have gone on for at least two or three months already. So. <laughs> this should be March. Yes. <laughs> it's still Jan- uh, January. Perpetual January. Yeah. Christmas is over. And yeah, it's like, oh, 
a bit cold. Electric cold bills, bleak. you know, yep. massive. Um, yeah, it'll all get better though as the year goes on. Um, I'm sure. Probably nothing. Yeah. Bad. Well, um, with all the cold weather and stuff, you know, you want to stay inside. It's the best time of year to stay inside, wrap up warm, and watch some movies. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Who wants to go? You know, oh, let's go for a walk. Ah, oh, shag that exactly and it's been a, i mean it's a great time i think uh, well we talked about it in our last episode a really good year for horror last year but i think just a kind of good time for movies generally there's so much choice you've got three million different streaming services and they've all got something going on that's quite good um so yeah there's in fact a ridiculous amount of stuff to watch sure. outrageous we used to have four mm. channels now i know no millions is, yeah spoil for choice and january is definitely like the time of year you know the month that you look forward to stuff that's coming out this yes. year uh, we're already getting stupidly excited i'm getting stupidly excited for um evil dead you know they released oh. the red band trailer for the e- new evil dead rise film and just like oh my god i can't wait for april come on yes um yeah no evil dead rise um is is a fantastic trailer and I, I really is. liked the. Uh, yeah. We call it a remake. I really liked the remake. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and this seems to be in a similarly nasty kind of tone. Yeah, only kind of. Well, yeah, possibly even kind of darker because it's more of a family thing. You know, the brother and sister in the remake were older and adult and out with their friends, which is kind of like it was mm. with the original Evil Dead and stuff. But this one's more family based. You've got younger kids and stuff. They seem to be kind of the focus. Yes. And the trailer, I mean, the trailer is quite brutal physically, but there is that really disturbing line where Thingy, whoever she is, says she's with the maggots now about the, yeah. is it about the girl, little girl's mum or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is, uh, especially the way she delivers it is very disturbing. Yeah. yeah and I was always not all that sure on the actress, uh, the main actress that's um, going to be in it, because she was in um, Vikings. Oh. I remember from the Vikings se- um, series, um, Alicia Sutherland, I believe her name is. Ah, okay. And I was a bit like, I'm not. When I heard she was going to be in it, I was like, I'm not entirely sure how good she's going to be in it. And then the cast was kind of, she seems to be like the main mother. So she spends a lot of her time in the trailer as a kind of deadite already. And I was like, you know what? I think she's going to do quite well. She looks kind of cool. Pretty mm. scary. I think it's I think it's going to be good. You know, I kind of got up and down on it. And now I'm like right up at the top going, yeah, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great trailer. It's totally sold to me. Um, it's out and in April. You, yeah. And you were saying that Cocaine Bear is <laughs> growing in momentum as well, isn't it? Cocaine, have you, you, you've seen the trailer, right? I have. <laughs> I think that's at about the same kind of time as Evil Dead. So we like a double cinema trip. It, <laughs> It, it, well yeah i mean i, I can't believe well it's, it's that someone's made it i mean the trailer <laughs> i watched hilariously the trailer for cocaine bear and um evil dead rise were when i went to see megan those those were two uh, yes. of the trailers and and oh, there fantastic. were there was a lot of laughter with cocaine bear because you're like yes. wow so this is a movie <laughs> because yeah. it is exactly as it sounds you know yeah. it's it's a killer bear movie with a twist um uh, I mean that if they mess up cocaine bear then there's no hope because it no. can only be a great time um and it doesn't look like they have because it looks tremendous it but... does look like it's gonna be cool 
<laughs> Both of which I'm more interested in seeing than the Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I forgot thing. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Blood I've, and honey. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen images. I haven't seen a trailer for that, but I've seen images. No, I'm I'm just gonna avoid that like the plague. <laughs> yeah, because it I mean it kind of worked with um uh the banana splits movie wasn't too bad and willie's wonderland with nick cage is actually quite fun which i guess that are was, in a similar yeah, ilk yeah very much so i i think i i preferred willie's wonderland to banana splits i think i mean the banana splits movie yes. wasn't awful but no. um, they didn't go as far as i thought they were going to whereas with willie's wonderland they did yeah yeah and he i mean it's great because he he hardly says anything does he he's almost mute in the film yeah pretty much um nick cage i love nick cage and oh that reminds yeah. me that's the other thing we're looking forward to dracula or renfield <laughs> as it is it looks great i i'm totally on board with renfield <laughs> you've been on it like straight away and i was just like <laughs> really i'm not entirely sure about this but then i saw the trailer and i was like oh fuck yeah this is gonna be awesome it looks lovely yeah it looks it looks a bit we we know what you do oh wait a minute what what we do in the shadows it looks shadows, a bit like yeah. that not yeah. we know what you did last summer that's something else. um <laughs> we know what you did in the shadows <laughs> last summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and the reveal because the trailer doesn't show nick cage until quite late on and the reveal yeah. of him as as dracula is is hilarious and That's i brilliant and i love i mean nicholas cage many years ago was a was a vampire in vampire's kiss which is when he was very yes. young where he eats the cockroach which is a really it's also actually a really good and quite funny movie um but i never lost faith in nick cage nick cage quite understandably as any actor has to do takes a lot of kind of boring roles in not very good films to pay the rent yeah but every few years he does something extraordinary that reminds you how great he is like mandy for me that was the sure. one color but out of space yes mum and great. dad mum and dad is Willis great wonderland yeah. he's great fun in when he's wonderland and he i mean he's an oscar winning out he was you know he won an oscar for um leaving las vegas in the 90s he's he's a very talented man he was an action hero and stuff like the rock and con air um yeah so he's done a lot of stuff um, and he's just he just keeps working, which, uh, you, you know, you kind of have to. Um, yeah, soon it'll just be him and Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Yeah. There's a, have you watched the documentary called probably, I don't know what it's called, Inmate? Is it called Inmate? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But Inmate I remember you saying about it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fantastic because it shows you it's really touching, actually, as well, because it shows you, you know, the poor background he came from, him being in jail and stuff. Um, and it also hilariously shows you uh, him on the set where he actually can't remember what film he's shooting because he's made 14 <laughs> that year. You know, so, well, oh, well, it's I don't know, <laughs> but it's lovely and you end up loving Danny Trejo even more. Um, but it's just a it's a really interesting insight into him having been poor and having got into the bad crowd and, you know, robbed things and done this and that. Um, yeah. Um, but Nick Cage. Yeah. Renfield looks tremendous it's it's all happening cocaine bear is based on a true story as well yes. it's based on like isn't it it's just so they can actually say based on a true story in the trailer yeah um it's mental it's got ray i was i was totally mortified when i found out ray liotta died last year and he's i guess this is one of his last roles he's in it yeah um so yeah it's an exciting year ahead yes old, old yes. horror movies um, oh, and there's the new Final Destination as well. 
Yes. Yeah. It's been, well, we we recently did the whole thing, didn't yeah. we? Um, I think, so, yeah. Yeah. I think we were kind of trying to decide or wondering what it would be about. But I think I think they have kind of revealed that it's going to be on a cruise ship or something. Yeah, I saw, I didn't look any deeper, but I'm sure, yeah, no, I think I saw that too. That's which one that works. I hadn't thought about, but yeah, that could work quite well. The kind of Titanic, kind of yes. final Titanic. Um, mm. yeah. um, and, I mean, I, over Christmas, I rewatched um, the most recent Scream film, which we've also talked about, but oh, which yes. still holds up. I really like it still. Uh, but the new one's coming out in March, and the trailer yeah, for oh, that looks really soon. good. I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch that. Yeah, well, check it out because it's they're changing it up. It's in New York, so for the first time they're going away from Woodsboro, which they really had to do, I think, at yeah. this stage. Um, and there's a trailer, there's a subway scene where there's loads of people with ghost, ghost face masks and there's a lot of uh, kind of hints. I think the, the killer with the usual voice, obviously, with the changer, um, says something like he's not like any ghost face that... Sydney or no not because Sydney's not back but um Gale is that Gale's seen before so yeah mm. it looks really interesting because it looks like there's, go, there's guns in it and everything yeah it looks like they're, wow. they're changing things up and it's by the same guys who we know were oh, really good yes they did a good job that time around so yeah and ready or not it should yeah. be up to them to carry it on especially as you know it's going to be completely well almost completely new yeah yeah I'm Cast excited about wise. that man yeah, yeah. And this, uh, there's a new, uh, uh, well, The Exorcist, I mean, it sounds dreadful, but I'm hoping it's good. The Exorcist remake, which apparently is a trilogy, is out in October, the first of them. Okay, okay. Um, And also, apparently, a new Saw movie is out this this year in (gasps) October as well. I had heard that. I'm always always a supporter of Saw, so I'm excited about Saw. Yes, yes. Exorcist. I'm somewhat worried about Exorcist because you know mm. I'd rather they just piss off and not bother. But yeah, leave it alone. Maybe it can be good. I don't. I, why make it a trilogy? Just make one. Make one good film. Don't yeah, call it a trilogy. I mean, I quite enjoyed the um, series. Yeah, the TV series was but, good, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty cool. But the hot priest. Yes. Yes, he sure yeah. was. The TV series was, was yeah, I did enjoy it. And it didn't, I mean, it, it wasn't massively serious at times. It, it struck me as being a little camp at times, which I really yes. liked because Exorcist films are typically very serious. But I thought there was a sort of sense of it being a bit camp. Mm. Um, the fact that it had, wait, which one was it? Cagney or Lacey? It had one of those in it, didn't it? Sharon, is it Sharon Gless from Cagney or Lacey? Oh, she God, turned yeah. up as Thingy, which obviously doesn't help. Um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, <laughs> when you've got someone from Cagney and Lacey in, you can't help feeling a bit. Camped. Yeah, uh, true. But you never know. They they might go along those lines and try and make it a little bit like that, which which might help it along in some way. Yeah, but yeah it's it's with everything else that's about. Do we really need it? It well, and and yeah, I mean, I suppose it's. Um, I suppose The Exorcist is one of the few that amazingly, I mean, they, they did like the the fourth one, not I suppose, in the early 2000s. But otherwise, it's been left alone, whereas almost everything else has been remade. There's a couple mm. that haven't, like Jaws has never been remade. Um, and The Exorcist, I suppose, The Exorcist and Jaws have been copied so much. I yes. guess that's, you know, it feels like they've been remade, but they never have. Um, no. 
So yeah, they tend to it's, yeah. it's either remake or do some kind of like stupid like parody spin-off or something yeah. because of them, like Sharknado and stuff like that. Oh, the shark movie. Yeah, I mean, and they're <laughs> all not, referencing Jaws. Yeah. yeah, let's not remake it. We'll just take the piss out of it. <laughs> there's a, the Meg Two. That's a thing. That's coming this year. The Meg uh, Two. Yeah, and there's um, a, another bloody arachnophobia as well. Yeah, well, I read that and I thought, hmm. I mean, it strikes me that arachnophobia was never actually that good in the first place. <laughs> uh, controversial it may be, but it was not no, tremors, no. was it? It was kind of no. Uh, Absolutely not. But this one seems to be called arachnophobia as well. Not arachnophobia 2 or so anything like that. Yeah. Um, which I'm okay with because I think the arachnophobia kind of could be better. I mean, I, I, sure. I always thought it was a bit kind of like, eh. um, and it's, you know, and I suppose, well, inevitably things like Tremors will, because Tremors has had so many sequels, but I'm presuming yeah. at some stage someone will just, bla- you know, uh, remake it as a... Okay. Which is, again, maybe I not s- a bad idea. No, I suppose I'd quite like to see what they do with the um, the monsters, the Graboids mm. yeah, in this day and monsters. age. I mean, the, the Graboids themselves were great like practical giant practical yeah. effect monsters and stuff so I'd, I'd probably be interested to see where they would take it and hopefully they wouldn't go to cgi yeah yeah entirely possibly ruin it do some kind of practical and cgi type thing would it be cool yeah but um, yeah i'm trying yeah, to think absolutely. who you'd get this day and age to play um uh, Kevin Bacon's character or something like that. I don't quite know. You know, some of some some characters are just like they are that person. So like you yeah. can't replace you can't replace Bruce Campbell as Ash. So they've no. not done it. And they haven't but, tried. Yeah. Yeah. Would they do that with Kevin Bacon's character? I suppose, well, I suppose they could. I don't know. I mean, they could put Kevin Bacon in the Fred Ward role as an in joke or yes. something. Yeah. Um, which yeah. wouldn't be. I mean, I like Kevin Bacon. Um, I love him. But love it's a tricky Kevin one. Bacon. I, I don't want them to put some smug fucker. Oh, bad language alert! I don't want them to put like some annoying because it because the original is so natural, isn't it? The interaction between Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon and Tremors is it's really natural and lovely. Uh, I wouldn't want them to try too hard and put some. You know, That's the thing they put some kind of like pretty boy, good looking, yeah, type person in his place. Whereas that's that's not where they went with that. No. No, because they're they're just like handyman. You you believe? Yeah. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, but you believe yeah. in Tremors that Kevin Bacon is just this kind of hick uh, handyman yeah. dude that's you know shambling around, you know? And Ooh, Fred I Ward. I just had a thought. <laughs> who, oh, they could, who, who they could potentially replace it by? We're talking about stuff like that. How about Ryan Quantin? Oh yes, well, <laughs> that's not Actually, bad. Based on Glorious and and stuff yeah. generally, yeah, I would happily see him because he was ah <laughs> oh, Glorious was one of my favourites of last year. He's so good, and always was good in old uh, uh, True Blood and everything. True Blood, yeah, yeah. He was hilarious. He was yeah. I wouldn't mind going back to rewatch um, True Blood. Actually, it's on my unofficial list of. Th- I know it tails off with the what is it the weird yeah yeah. Um, but the first three series. <laughs> absolutely i totally agree with you the first three series were amazing i, love I do I, I love um what's the guy's name again stephen oh moya, moya yeah like, yeah moya moya i think and obviously alexander skarsgård yes he's still he's yes. still turns up and stuff yeah oh yeah yes but he'll never be he'll never get that eric 
character ever again i don't think no no it's no it's uh, it was really good for up to put but like yeah like so many things it, i it watched tailed. it all the way through but yeah the first three seasons were amazing but yeah i do have all of true blood yeah on, like old old school dvds yeah box sets. well it's still out there i think yeah. it's um i think it's on one of it might be on sky or something because it's an hbo show isn't it yes and the HBO shows, well, they were always, you know, often really good. And they tend to hang around, like things like The Sopranos I was watching in the early sure, 2000s yeah. and Six Feet Under, I loved. Um, and they were all HBO. And back then, HBO was, you know, it meant you would get more kind of juicy stuff. You get more gore, more shagging, mm. um, more swearing. It was a bit more edgy than what normal TV was at the time. And now, obviously, it's all changed because now, you know, all that stuff's everywhere now. You can't get away mm. from it. Um, yeah, so, well, yeah, Ryan Quanton. Yeah, I'm on I'm on that. Yeah. He... <laughs> I'll write in. If you're thinking of remaking Tremors. <laughs> Dear Ryan, <laughs> have you thought about putting yourself forward? Come on. I don't know why I'm talking like Terry Jones in uh, Life of Brian. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, what if Gloria... I don't think Glorious is known enough. I had so much no. fun with Glorious. I thought Glorious was truly the bee's knees last year. Yeah, um, it was brilliant. So much fun. <laughs> and it but yeah, that should have come out Ryan on onto other channels. It was just on Shudder, wasn't it? And yeah. I hadn't heard it. I literally just, you know, you went, oh my God, you need to watch this. I was like, <laughs> yeah right whatever I i'll watch everybody. it at some point <laughs> yes and then i was like oh, i watched it i was like holy crap you are right that's fucking brilliant <laughs> it is it just keeps going and going and then it goes the last 10 minutes or so are totally mental yeah um she's great i mean i watched oh god i've forgotten what it was it was an anthology film that she did a few years ago rebecca mckendry is her name and she's i think she came from being like a writer for fangoria to to directing her own films um right. It will come to me, the anthology film that she made. It was a Christmas one, also on Shudder. Um, no, oh, it's gone. It not it a was... Christmas horror story. No, it might have been the ad. Was it called? No, I don't think it was the Advent Calendar. That's something else. But she definitely no, did that... a Christmas anthology. I, I did watch the Advent Calendar. I thought that was really weird. Yeah, well, yeah, Shudder is still. Um, what's, that, what's that weird film that? quite a lot of people talking about that shadow have got next week skank uh, it'll come back to me oh god i have not heard of this one it's it's a long thing that begins with s skankamarink skankamarink no i don't know it's something <laughs> like that um i'm guessing it's some kind of foreign type film then i'm not even sure it is i think it's just a kind of uh, very low budget thing that people are talking about it's like just like terrifier 2 was this thing that kind of crossed over and it got word of mouth. This this is also, right, that's it. Hang on a second. I'm just going to check. <laughs> Looking it up. Now <laughs> on BBC Two. Looking it up. But yeah, well, Shudder always has great things on and random stuff to watch. Um, I, was I recently watched um, a little comedy zombie movie on there called Brain Freeze. Ah, yes. Recently. How was it? It was it was actually cool. It was kind of funny. Um, it's actually it's not a massive like new thing to the zombie genre. It's it's a kind of dark comedy. It kind of reminds me of um, Lederhosen, Attack of the Lederhosen Zombies, oh. that kind of a thing. 
along those lines. Um, and Z Nation, mixed with a bit of Z Nation, with kind of like the dark humour of Black Summer and that kind of a thing. Um, it's subtitled. It's Canadian, but French-Canadian. So they speak in French, but it's subtitled. It's very easy to understand. Um, it's kind of, it's about um, a group of people that are living on like a kind of like gated community. It's a rich gated community um, called Peacock Island. Um, so it's kind of consists of like rich businessmen and stuff that love to play golf and stuff. And like, then they have like the workers that work on the golf course for the businessmen and stuff. They kind of live there on the little island as well. Mm. And um, because it's in Canada, um, in the winter, every time it snows, so they can't play golf. So yeah. they design this chemical that will um, make the grass grow and the snow melt. So the chemical, they spray the chemical around, the chemical goes into the water system, people drink it and start turning into these crazy mad zombies. They're really cool, like over-animated zombies mm. as well. Um, it's like a quick turning thing. You drink the water, feel a bit funny, and then all of a sudden like your saliva kind of turns green, which Boom. stains your teeth which stains your teeth green, which is kind of cool. And then you kind of turn and start biting people and the eyes go completely green. And um, you nice. kind of keep, you keep decomposing. The longer you're a zombie, the more you kind of decompose really quickly and mm. you kind of grow grass. They have like grass and moss and that kind of stuff growing on them. And, and when they hunt people, they're really animated, really fast and really angry. But as soon as like people have gone, they go completely dormant literally like just standing there like staring at the sun kind of photosynthesizing nice that that's really so good kind of, it is kind of cool and it's basically like uh the janitor and his older daughter and um a teenage boy and his baby sister it does have a baby in it <laughs> which is uh, not always my favorite thing but luckily they don't concentrate too much on the baby so she's in it quite a lot but she's not the main focus either. And there's some kind of funny things that happen. But yeah, they do cop out a little bit with a few things. There's, they kind of like go down the route of like happy endings and stuff like that. And then the end, the ending itself is like another like rip off of um, Zombievers or Rec 4 or something like that because they have a fish at the end. Um, <laughs> one of the survivors throws one of the zombies' arms into a river, and they're like, "Oh, and now it's all over, and we can escape, and everything will be fine." And then the fish eats the arm, and you're like, "Oh, okay, here we go." <laughs> like, I've seen that before, but you know, it wasn't awful. The acting was pretty good. The characters were kind of fun. The zombies were brilliant. So yeah, nice. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. Good that sounds Shudder. all right, actually. Yeah, Shudder is really good. I've just, I've, right, I found out what discovered. That I was stumbling around like an old fool, but the, the film I was trying to think of, which I, I mean, it says it's out in Shudder next week, so it may include the UK Shudder. It usually does. Ooh. So it's Skinkamarink, which is like this, <laughs> This and now it's coming back to me, the poster. The poster's quite striking because it's kind of upside down, um, but very low budget. It's already made a decent amount of money, just, I mean, it's so low budget. I mean, it, it's made a big profit from being out, I think, in a few cinemas in America. Um, and the premise is that a couple of kids wake up in the night and basically the dad's gone missing, but also the the house is changing, like the windows and doors are vanishing and all the objects are disappearing. Um, and apparently it's it's kind of experimental, weird and, and really scary, like a kind of nightmare, nightmarish kind of thing. It looks really good. 
Um, and the reviews are really encouraging. It's another of those little films that's come out and is kind of um, doing really well or getting good word of mouth. Uh, Skinkamarink, all one word. Uh, yeah, interesting. Okay, I will keep an eye out for that. Have you seen anything recently, Stephen? Yeah, I suppose a couple of things after the old uh, after the old Christmas. Um, I, I, I got around to watching Violent Night, which is Ooh, huge yes. fun. <laughs> really good. David Harbour as Santa. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. I mean, David Harbour, I would wager, is the best thing about Stranger Things. Um, yeah. Far more so than some of the fucking annoying kids in it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and he's tremendous. Apart from Dustin. <laughs> yeah, Dustin's untouchable, isn't he? Uh, not in a weird, curvy <laughs> way. Um, so, but the the great thing about Violent Night, and you kind of think, ah, this makes sense, is it's by the the, the guy that did the Dead Snow movies. Um, oh my god, I didn't know that. It, it is, and he he went Hollywood a <laughs> I while love ago. Those films. But the Dead Snow movies are absolutely, especially the second one. The second one <laughs> is, and I watched both I of them know. at Fright Fest. <laughs> the second one was. Well, I mean, they were both great with an audience, but the second yeah. one was a total blast. It was it just... was hilarious. I, I, to, I, to be honest, out of the two of them, I still prefer the first one. Okay, I, I feel like the first, first one one's I feel like the first one's more effective and possibly less slapstick and hilarious. <laughs> but the second one is freaking hilarious. It's, just... and uh, I mean, he went Hollywood a while ago with uh, what's it called, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, with Jeremy oh, okay. Renner and thingy mm. Gemma Art. Who cares? We don't care about her. And it was all right, but it, it was, was a bit all right. But it was um, Jeremy Renner. So. But Violet Knight, <laughs> Violet Knight, somehow, yeah, Jeremy Renner's there. Um, mm. Exactly. He was an angel back in the day, you know, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Yeah, and 28 Which... weeks later. Was he? Oh, I yeah, haven't watched he was that for Army soldier in 28 weeks later. I don't, this is another show, but 28 weeks later, much better film than 28 days <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, anyway, Violent Night. Fucking Danny Boyle. <laughs> Danny Boyle. Uh, Violent Night uh, is really good, actually. And somehow it manages to. Well, it's not cute, but it. No, it's not cute. I mean, it, it's kind of a, a mashup of 90s action movie, John Leguizamo, who I love. I love John Leguizamo. Oh, my Leguizamo. God, I love him. <laughs> um, he is great. He's one of the villains, and it's kind of the typical kind of diehard style villains Excellent. that have got a plan to, you know, rob a very annoying rich family. Um, and uh, and he's, John Leguizamo has a great kind of, you know, why why I think Christmas is shit speech, you know. He's, um <laughs> And you end up liking him. He's a bad guy, but because he's John Leguizamo, you end up loving him. You love him, um, yeah. So there's there's a mixture of that kind of action movie set up, bad guys in the house, literally, um, with with a couple of kids uh, who are actually quite likable. And and there's a, I mean, even name checks Home Alone, but there's a proper Home Alone vibe to scenes of like this feisty kids that set setting. Um, extremely gory uh, booby traps um, that are kind of next level home alone stuff. And then helping them to to sort out the bad guys is David Harbour as a brilliantly jaded, pissed off, uh, usually drunk Santa um, who, uh, you know, is fed up with kids being so greedy and is happy to kill a bunch of bad guys. And it all really works somehow. I mean, it's it's quite good natured, but it's also ultra violent. And David Harbour is is superb. So yeah, Violent Night was a blast. I really enjoyed it actually. Um, I watched the menu, which has John Leguizamo, Sarah. Hooray! He's, he's, he's everywhere again. This is what we like. 
Yes, it's the John Leguizamo Renaissance. Yay! The Legua Racer Renaissance. Yeah, didn't work. Um, <laughs> the menu is really fun. I mean, the menu has uh, John Leguizamo, who I love, but it also has uh, Nicholas Holt, who is, of course, in Renfield, who I also like. And it has the wonderful Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, who is in everything good these days, like um, uh, Last Night in Soho. She was very good on that. Queen's Gambit, The Witch a few years ago. Or if the posters you go by, the Vavitch. Um, oh, yes. And it's about like a bunch of uh, largely um, horrible rich people uh, going to an island. They've paid for this island experience uh, to have a, a meal at Rafe, or Rafe, however you say it, Ralph Rafe finds his ultra posh restaurant. He's got his own island where he has this big posh restaurant and they've paid for this experience event. And, uh, and it all goes horribly wrong. Um, the dishes, the the menu is all weird, you know, things like breadless bread plate and all this weird shit. And then you realise because they all get tortillas that have a kind of particularly personal images embossed on them that are exposing all these gathered customers as tax dodgers or, um, you know, general cretins. You realise that everybody gathered there is gathered there for a very sinister reason. Um, hmm. And yeah, it ends up gory and um, proper cynical and the kind of uh, without giving much away somewhat of a massacre but the menu is great it's on disney plus and if you're a fan of john leguizamo it'll give you a bit of john leguizamo fix for an excellent evening. watch it with violet night you. yeah you'll be say. Violet, yeah you know, you'll be yeah, it's a proper that's my yes my weekend sorted yes and one more sarah what i what i watched just briefly i watched chapel wait which i've watched the first two episodes of chapel wait which is really creepy, um, which is the it's on Paramount Plus in the UK. It's a uh, it's based on Stephen King's short story, Jerusalem's Lot, a prequel to Salem's Lot. <clears throat> and uh, and it's set in the 19th century. And it's it's a, it's a, a very slow burn, I suppose, is the boring phrase. But it's true. It's like a kind of slow burn, creepy horror with this weird small town where Adrian Brody is the star. He comes with his family to this weird small town. Um, where everything is off and you realise there's a kind of disease which seems a bit vampirish that's going around and there's a kid, there's a baby born with no eyes, this kind of squawking, weird looking thing. And it's extremely creepy and it's very gruesome. I'm only two episodes in, but it, the sense of dread is massive. And yeah, Chapel Wait is, is recommended, Ooh. although I'm so early in, of course, it could go to poo, but so far it's really good. And finally, I think I watched Sick. A film called Sick, okay. which, which is which is Good actually, you. you'll like this man. You'll like this. Sir. Uh, this is this is a it's not directed by him, but it's written by him. It's by Kevin Williamson, who, of course, is the creator, original writer of Scream. And, and it's a slasher movie, but it's set during COVID. It's set during the very first quarantine, as they say in America or lockdown, mm -hmm. as we say around here. So yep. it's set in that April 2022 kind of period. Uh, no. April 2020 kind of period mm -hmm. where COVID was a thing and we're all shut down and a couple of girls like take refuge in one of their parents mansions so that they're away from everybody and it's 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 funny it, like, like the original scream it's very witty there's lots of jokes about COVID type stuff you know everyone being paranoid with masks and all that kind of shit um but it's also a slasher movie they're being stalked by this uh this mystery masked figure that for some reason or another wants to kill them um 
it's really gory. Well, it's not really gory, but it's quite brutal at times with the slashings. But when you, it's it's also unpredictable, and the reason for the killer's murder spree is fantastic. You know, it's it's genuinely original. Oh, um, cool! You actually find out a bit of the backstory. <laughs> yeah, the motive is is just spot on, and and it's so short. It's like an hour and twenty or something. And but yeah, I hardly it, it's um it's been released straight annoyingly it really deserved a cinema release actually and they could have kind of rode the screen bandwagon but it came out straight to peacock um but i would imagine it will have some kind of proper uk release or something but yeah sick is really really good really suspenseful really funny um proper kind of nasty what it needs to be and you can tell it's by the guy that wrote the original scream um without it being massively jokey Oh, and oh, there is one more. Cool. I watched Megan, Sarah. That's the other thing I yes, watched. Yes, Megan. You did. Megan. Lots of people have been going on about it. Lots of people have been, like, I've kind of, I was of the opinion that it was going to be, like, a kind of scary, jump scary, like, Annabelle type thing. But it's not at all like that, is it? No, not really. No. <laughs> I mean, there is that. There is, I suppose, um, you know, there is a sense of, there is a few, I suppose there's a few jump scares. But, it it's very tongue in cheek. It, it largely, although it's played very serious by the actors, you know, it's all straight faced and stuff. There is a sense that they're they're taking the piss, um, and it is a kind of satire of the, uh, you know, of the of the industry. In this case, it's an AI that that has been created to comfort a, a small girl that's lost her parents in a terrible accident, um, and uh, and Megan herself does bizarre things there's a point there's a point where she bursts into song randomly she starts singing um titanium at one point oh, um, God. and it is and she danced she does the dance that's in one of the trailers and it is heightened it is it is high camp really um and and she you know she starts offing the, the most obnoxious members of the cast yeah none of it's taken seriously it isn't really it's not an annabelle because the, the annabelle films <laughs> i mean almost admirably the annabelle films are very straight faced kind of like a few minutes passed, nothing's happened. Yeah. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. That'll <laughs> be another, another 10 minutes, minutes later. <laughs> and everyone, everyone's somber. Mumble, mumble. Doll. And, yeah. mumble. Close ups. And the Conjuring films, uh, which I, I quite liked at first, but the Conjuring 3 is just, just dreadful. The Conjuring films are the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But the Conjuring films have the ridiculous couple, you know, the 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 kind of sparkling Christian couple. Oh, the Warrens. Oh, they're so great. And they love each other so much. And Patrick Wilson <laughs> sings Elvis, um, which is the most skin crawling. And in real life, of course, we, we've kind of found out that the Warrens were actually probably quite a, a pair of shitbags. Um, yeah. And obviously ghosts don't exist. But yeah, um, Megan is far from Annabelle. Megan is is kind of oh, camp good. and fun. And the the one thing I wish, I mean, I know I know that they toned it down so they could get a PG thirteen film, uh, PG thirteen rating in America, and we have that version in the UK, although it's a fifteen over here. So it is subdued in the gore, and you can kind of see a couple of scenes that were probably gorier originally. But I think they're going to bring out the unrated version. Which will have the gore back in, and I th and hopefully with Megan two, which this has made a fortune. So Megan two has already been announced, but okay. hopefully with Megan two, they just put their foot through the floor and go insane because the one thing the film feels like it needs is you know to to have an outrageous massacre at the end, mm. which it doesn't deliver because it is restrained a bit. But um, 
but yeah if they can go all out in the next one it could be genius it could be evil dead 2 levels of genius you know if they yes. really go totally bonkers <laughs> but oh. this one was fun yay or you could do it as like a kind of like benny loves you benny loves you yeah i mean it's not... <laughs> in the canteen <laughs> yeah exactly it cried out i mean if they'd have paid <laughs> off with a benny loves you kind of finale it would have really been uh, i'm not saying five star but it would have really been up there <laughs> and it doesn't quite it can't quite do that so you think well you know but in its heart and it's by the woman that wrote malignant it's a james wan uh, okay. director yeah and malignant goes there malignant is so mental and it goes ultra gory if you, you haven't seen malignant have you i haven't no oh. i haven't malignant is i mean malignant is the same kind of film really because it's everything straight face like wow this is is this serious are they are they being serious but they're not <laughs> because the second <laughs> half of malignant is off the chain i mean i couldn't believe what i was with the twist <laughs> on its own no that's the <laughs> that's the <laughs> and then there's a okay. scene in a police station where you're like no what the f this is like the matrix but it's on speed um without giving anything wow away. okay cool but so malignant is clearly what she what she probably wanted to write with megan but megan is uh, not that dissimilar in terms of tone where you think yeah they're taking the mick aren't they <laughs> um i'm really pleased it's done well because it was loads of fun and i, I just think that it's one time where you think actually the sequel will probably be better because they kind of have gauged that people are really into this and we can take it 10 steps higher up the ladder of camp <laughs> wow okay cool uh yeah that's it um, i'm spent now i'm exhausted uh, that's what I've okay anything else cool. um yeah the only other thing i'll mention quickly um was that i started watching i think you started watching as well the new series on sky is it sky can't yeah, remember. it's an HBO is show, it, but it's it on Sky. Yeah, hooray! Yeah. Got it right. Um, the oh. Last of Us. Yes, I think that's what it's called. Yes, um, it, a lot, a lot of like gamers and stuff have been really looking forward to this and talking about it. I unfortunately have no clue about the game that it's Me based either. on, so I can't comment on that. But it's kind of like zombie virus plague parasite type thing going on like destroys the world and people just trying to survive in an apocalyptic landscape and stuff so i was like yeah okay cool i'm gonna watch this and so far it's done really well i mean to me the first episode was kind of slow but it kind of needed to be because for people like us that haven't don't understand mm. what the game's about or anything we kind of need to have a bit of a backstory on what's going on and stuff and um, there's kind of good a mix of action and plot and then it kind of went a bit further on this last episode they went out into the city mm. more you got to see a lot more of the um infected in this one Stephen, oh, and good. Yep. at different kind of stages and stuff and how the parasite mm. and the fungus and stuff are working together and stuff so that was pretty cool nice yeah i haven't seen i've seen the first but not the second episode what's well, the next hmm. thing to kind of get stuck into after walking dead i guess so yeah i'm i'm hopeful i i thought the first episode was quite good i thought the build-up the first half of the first episode i thought was really good showing the 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 preamble the initial kind of outbreak uh and i think oh you know will this just be a bit of a pedestrian oh they're going to move from there to there and try and stay alive or will it you know will it do some some more interesting things um 
I didn't quite like the idea. I like the characters, I think. Yes. So far, so far, so good. I feel like mm. I've seen Pedro Pascal in other things. Oh. But yeah, I'm now looking him up I've seen him to try and see if I... Actually, oh, he was in Game of Thrones. Oh, I see. I he was Abraham, Abraham Martell in Game of Thrones. So that's where I know him mm. from. Uh, Kingsman, Wonder Woman, Mandalorian. He's been in quite a few things recently, so... I've seen, That's probably I've seen the where we first Wonder Woman. Wow. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've seen him too, but I'm not sure. A lot of kind of action-y type things, really. Hmm. He seems he seems a good choice. Um, I'm quite hopeful. Like you, I have no idea. I'd never heard of the video game. Either. No. <laughs> so I'll watch that in. Is it for a Spectrum 128K? Yeah, or the Amiga 36 or whatever. <laughs> Original PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> no idea. Could be anything. Um, but yeah, but, yeah, that is it's it. It's getting great reviews. Yeah. Yep, I um, think quite a positive reviews. I've heard from people that have really been looking forward to it because of the video game and stuff. They're going, oh my God, it's really great. So they're obviously doing something right. There's potential yeah. for things to go awry, I'm sure, but for the moment everyone seems to think it's good so i'm guessing it's 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 getting more positive reviews than like the whole resident evil thing yeah yeah it's yeah i've seen some real raves um for it um yeah the video game thing has never worked that often Um, no i think it's weird that people are trying to base um movies and series on video games yeah i don't quite see how how the two can work that well together because obviously it's it's more person orientated in a game sense of things you know whatever happens happens to you the player your character at the time whereas it's kind of you have to write things down and have things set in stone as to what's going to happen in the tv series whereas with computer games and stuff there's various different scenarios which would change the way things happened Exactly. And there's nothing more boring than watching someone else play a video game. Like, oh, Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good on you. Um, and that's what some of them are like. I mean, Doom is dreadful. Um, I, I thought most <laughs> of the Resident Evil films what, are fucking the fil- awful. You think the film Doom is dreadful? Yeah. Just, I quite uh, like Doom. Otherwise, it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, some, what's the other some of the House Res- of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they did... Um, there's a couple of other um, zombie ones. I think it's uh, Watchtower and something else is based on a oh, wow. on a um, video game. But again, I I don't really know anything about video games. So I do like Silent Hill though, the movie, yes, the first one. Silent Second Hill, yeah, yeah. First one's really eerie. Uh, that that did, and and I think from what I understand, was relatively faithful to the game in in its atmosphere and design. Um, yeah, Silent Hill's really good. Yeah, so there's a few out there. There's more than we think, I guess, but... Yeah. I will never know, because I don't really play the video games, so I'll just watch them as movies and take them as movies. Yeah, 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 same here. Excellent. Well, yeah, no, nice. Well, it's, yeah, check all those things out if you get some time, and we'll, uh, we'll regroup with The Last of Us at some point, no doubt, once we've watched the rest. But for now, Sarah, astonishingly, mm. we're we're going to be going back to 1963. 
just Where 60 years ago. Good God. So, yeah, yeah it's a big anniversary. Yeah. Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Not we can actually that say way. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Soon it will get to the point where we'll be like, oh, when that was how I was 22. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember when Shaun of the Dead was first released. <laughs> In the in the optimistic year of two thousand and four, <laughs> before the giant wasps took over, <laughs> the flannels of doom. Yeah, uh, this is not about yeah. flannels though. The birds, no. the birds. birds. So the birds. Yes, we're going to be talking about the birds, which which I always loved. That the um, the promotion's great. If you haven't seen it, check out Hitchcock's trailer. Like Psycho, he did this. <laughs> hilarious trailer where mostly you don't really see much from the film but mostly it's him just taking the mick you know it's just him yeah. going oh you know we've we've always treated birds with great respect you know turkey at christmas um <laughs> uh, keeping them in cages <laughs> um and and the the advertising line was the birds is coming which of course sounds wrong but literally yeah. as the film the birds makes sense um yeah i mean the bird the birds is is from a although it's a film from 63 and it's now having this big birthday this year i think in september 63 it came out in the uk um the birds comes from a short story by a really great lady called daphne du maurier if you haven't checked out her stuff you probably have seen adaptations of things like rebecca uh is one of the famous ones and don't look now the great 70s yeah. movie um but she wrote some you know she wrote some really um very dark and disturbing short stories and don't look now as one of them but the birds uh which was written in 52 um which i've read a few times over the years is genuinely creepy i mean it's it's rather different hitchcock really only took the basic premise of the short story for mm. the movie but the the short story is set in cornwall uh and people are holed up in a fire in an air raid shelter actually and they're they're attacked by all sorts of birds. You know, there's there is sparrows, uh, but there's also blue tits, larks, uh, like uh, robins. robins. Yep, all sorts. Finches, owls. owls. Yes, exactly. And and it's very very stripped down. It's a siege. I mean, the bird short story, I suppose, is is closest to the last twenty minutes or so where of the film where they're shut down, like mm. *Kind of the Living Dead*, which comes later. They're shut down in their house kind of at the mercy of you know well shit let's wait and see what happens next because there's not much else we can do um the story gives a few hints that the film doesn't give uh, more speculation about why they might be attacking like there's a cold snap or an extremely kind of unusually cold snap um coming from the arctic that's mentioned um there's other kind of uh sort of hints at what might have happened there's more of the radio stuff that you get in the film like where they tune it, it's almost like well we're, we're not sure if this is the apocalypse so let's see what bbc are saying let's tune into the radio you know oh six o'clock news with you know bob smith um and then it becomes real oh yeah shit if he said it's real um yeah. but it's really apocalyptic i mean the movie is in its own sometimes often quite quiet way it's it's pretty apocalyptic. I mean, I don't get any hope from the from the film of the birds, but this one is is really grim. Like you hear planes crashing outside, you you hear from the radio that you know London's kind of shagged and it's spread to Europe. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I suppose the thing that is most potent about the short story is the thing that definitely carries over to the film, which which we'll talk about, which is the 
the constant descriptions of all the things that are when you think about it which we probably don't much of the time but all the things that are terrifying about birds the beaks you know their eyes um um you know the sense that there's so many of them and we're so yeah. vulnerable compared to them um the whole uh, flocking instinct and yes. stuff yeah that's kind yes. of scary um so it's a brilliant short story and uh, it already i mean it was adapted it's it, I, I guess it's forgotten now but it was adapted for radio in the 50s and it was also adapted for tv there's a tv anthology show um i suppose um, similar well not really similar but before the twilight zone and things like that there's a tv show called danger which was uh, a kind of um thrillerish anthology show and they adapted the birds for a live episode um back in the mid 50s which i've never seen i don't know i mean a lot of youtube is an amazing archive for old tv shows i don't know if it's on there i think i looked at one stage i couldn't find it but uh these the show is called danger and that's where if you can find it there was an adaptation of the birds long before hitchcock got his hands on it. Uh, so that's the background but but yeah, the movie, I mean, the movie is, is Hitchcock's first film after Psycho, which we've previously discussed. And this, I suppose, depending on how you see it, um, you could argue it other ways. But this is Hitchcock's second, maybe last horror film. You might see Frenzy as a horror film. There's things he made before Psycho that are leaning towards horror. But if we're thinking of Hitchcock horror movies, these are the two mm-hmm. that, that are, you know, bonafide horror movies um and it's a stunning i mean it, it's it's 60 years old but it holds up and uh, well we can talk our way through it sarah we can talk our way through the birds from the very beginning and the beginning i mean although it's uh, it's this kind of jarring yeah you know this jarring obviously uh, flock of birds this shrill sounds at the very start the beginning is pretty easy going right i mean the first half of the movie mostly is a kind of romantic comedy almost yeah yeah absolutely i get that um i think it's probably really stupid of me to say but obviously you you remember like the big flocks of birds and stuff as the um as it kind of like gets into the story and stuff more birds about but there's actually literally birds in every single it's all about birds every single scene is to do with birds it starts off in a pet shop where she's buying a bird for her friend or or waiting for a bird to come in for a friend or something but yeah it's a kind of it's a strange weird very 60s kind of love story isn't it you know that kind Mm. of shit doesn't happen these days pretty girl walks into a pet shop kind of stalked by someone (laughs) because he has been kind of stalking her you don't know that at the time but as he comes (laughs) yeah he comes into the pet shop after her looking for some lovebirds for his sister um he mistakes or he thinks or he wants her to think that he thinks she's the owner of the shop and yes. she tries to really, like talk about yes. birds to him and stuff when he's really just winding her up yeah and that's literally like their first meeting and then after that she's like oh i'm going to st- i'm going to take his registration number <laughs> and find out where he lives so she then starts stalking him yeah she takes love she takes lovebirds to his apartment this is all within like the first what 15 minutes of the film or something isn't it you're like okay so this is a bit weird um she turns up with these lovebirds for his sister i think she thinks that it's not real that he's just winding her up yeah but she thought it would be a good joke i'll get these lovebirds see what happens type thing 
he's gone back home so he lives in the country with his mum and his sister um, mm. and so his neighbour basically just tells this woman who's a complete stranger where he's gone where he lives what he does <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she, she's like okay fine oh well it's friday i'll i'll drive out into the country to this what man that i have no clue who he is or anything find his house and take these lovebirds to his supposed sister it's all very strange yeah it's it's an astonishing first act isn't it yeah i mean <laughs> because it's yeah it's, it's very um and deliberately i mean hitchcock we know was a, a sly old devil and and he relished i mean he certainly relishes things like uh, tormenting children in this film um which you can tell, <laughs> which we'll get to but he yeah i think he relishes the idea that that tippy hedron's character melanie daniels um and actually rod taylor's very handsome rod taylor's a very handsome guy too um you know he relishes how prim and proper and and very rich that she clearly is she she doesn't really do mm -hmm. anything for a living because she's got a lot of money in the family you get that sense don't you that she's yeah she's very mischievous she was involved in practical jokes like being what was it being naked in a fountain in naked rome. in a fountain in rome <laughs> and and that's one of the things that uh, mitch stroke rod taylor has has seen uh you know they've got publicity for her so she's not very likable at least at first you end up liking her but she's she's very aloof we can't relate mm. to tippy hedger and we can relate a bit to to rod taylor but maybe not that much but they're, they're very movie star characters yeah. um that have this this weird flirtation as you say um but then a lot of things are strange about it. I mean, the fact that Rod Taylor has such a young sister is quite yes, odd dynamic. Yes, that was weird. It, it is a very strange, yeah, very, very strange family dynamic going on. Yeah, she's I 11. He's, he looks, honestly looks like he's 40. He probably was. Yeah, I don't know. But I think <laughs> yeah. he would have been by then 40-ish. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely looks it. And like, you know, if he is 40, his mum had him when she was very young. Yeah. But she's... You know, she's not a particularly old, old woman. They've tried no. to, like, grey her hair out and stuff and make her look old, but you get the kind of feeling that she's still got a lot of life in her. She's quite a sprightly person, so she's got him and her 11-year-old daughter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all very... <laughs> I love... <laughs> I mean, it's a fascinating movie for cast because the mum is Jessica Tandy, who um, a lot of people only know as an old woman, thanks to Driving yes. Miss Daisy, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was you know three decades later the the very uh gee whiz um daughter uh yeah. little sister is veronica cartwright who later mm -hmm. everyone knows as the one that doesn't stop crying in alien and uh <laughs> and indeed in things like Candyman 2 and, and she had a great role in x-files she's actually a really good actress who seems like an annoying actress in alien because she just weeps all the time when yeah. when shit goes bad um and maybe here is you know still learning the craft um but yeah it, it's a weird family bearing in mind this is hitchcock you know the i, I think the mother character is fascinating I mean, initially she's very stiff and and stirred yeah, and kind of scary <laughs> scary mary and dinner has to be at you know x o'clock and mitch is sheepish it seems like mitch is you know probably had these he's a handsome guy he's probably had you know a bunch of women along along the way that she's disapproved yeah. all of them yeah you know? she's very she seems very overprotective yeah no one's um, good enough for her son yeah and, he, and he's no, he he has bitch. got yeah mostly yeah he's got women falling at his feet yeah. later well later on 
um, you meet the character Anne, the oh, school teacher yeah. who moved from the city to his like country town to be nearer him. And yeah. she's become like the school teacher and stuff, but it didn't work out. So, but that's oh. another weird kind of, you know, you don't get that kind of quick relationship stuff going on in films today or in real life today. I don't know if it was like mm. that in the 60s, but, you know, Melanie, once again, she she turns up in the town. They go, oh, yeah, oh, Mitch, yeah, he lives over there and points over to where his house is, not <laughs> really knowing who she is or anything like that. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you could go, and if you want to find out about his sister, go to the school. <laughs> I love that early. I love everybody that gets involved. Like there's the there's the post office person. Yeah. That, oh, you, you can get a boat to go and stalk him. There's yeah. the, there's the there's the um oh, I love the disagreement because yeah, that's right. They're like, well, it's definitely Lois. It's Laura or something or like Lois. Oh, it's actually Kathy, yeah. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> And there's even a set. Well, there, the, there's a there's a kind of no. There's a amusing look that the post office guy gives to to Melanie Daniels as well as she's leaving. You know, it's all it's all a bit weird. Um, and there's there's the bald moustache guy who I can't remember his name. He shows up in loads of films at that time. Who is is like a neighbour of where Mitch is staying. Who uh, you know who also kind of nudges her in the right direction. You know, everybody yeah. is facilitating her ending up at Bodega Bay. Where, where yeah. nothing seems to happen except it seems to be this hot spot for this possibly worldwide um, uh, bird attack. Birdemic, yeah. Birdemic, which is, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, everything is set up. So from the very beginning, um, all of the themes, this is the, you know, this is the first major eco horror film. Everything about the first stretch is pointing in that direction. You know, Hitchcock's cameo, which he's in most of his films, is him walking a dog. As you said, mm -hmm. starts out as a pet shop. Um, the phrases people use, a little birdie told me, you know, it's all there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The sign in the, the window of somewhere that says dog license is issued here, you know, <laughs> animals being objectified and humans owning them. You know, it's the yeah, theme from the start. Just literally carrying the kind of lovebirds around. One of my favourite bits is the bit when she's driving <laughs> to Bodega Bay mm. with the lovebirds. She, she drives like an absolute maniac. She, she's like <laughs> slinging this. Yeah, slinging this car around the bloody corners and stuff. And the two, she's got the two lovebirds in the cage on the footwell of the passenger seat, which has like a really, it's got a better carpet than my house has. <laughs> Ricardo is like really thick. I was like, wow, what a lovely carpet in your car. She pops the oh, lovebirds in the cage on there. And and the, the the camera just keeps panning to the lovebirds as she's driving around the corner and they're like swaying yeah. around the corner with her. They're like, oh, left to the right. It's like really cute. <laughs> which yeah, which is brilliant. I well I love those I love those uh, kind of rear projection driving scenes where you know they they're often steering in a very melodramatic fashion on it. <laughs> As you suggest, the going up and down, and then it just pans back to driving in a straight line. Whereas I'd be sheepishly going around those bends at twenty miles an hour. She's <laughs> flooring it. She's going, yeah, she's going to kill it around. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's 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 a it's yeah. I mean, it's it's also Hitchcock's such a strange character. You know, you have to assume uh, a lot of the time he's mischievously cackling a lot of this stuff. I mean, there isn't. Yeah. Whereas Psycho, I think, is full of bad taste jokes when we when we had our psycho uh, episode 
we talked about, I think that, you know, the very, very dark humor that shot through that film, like a, like a stick of rock. There's not an Ooh. awful lot of that here. Like there is a scene where Kathy, not Lois or Alice, but Kathy, because obviously that sounds silly. Uh, Kathy, the excitable, but late, uh, you know, traumatized little girl. Um, she talks with enthusiasm about, you know, one of her, I was going to say dad, but it's her brother, isn't it? One of her brother's mm. clients who shot his wife six times, you know, there is that's a constant in Hitchcock films where characters are really enthusiastic about horrible murders, you know, <laughs> get it in rear window where they're all really they, they get most enthusiastic when they're talking about someone being stabbed lots of times. <laughs> and Psycho, the joke, you know, if you take Psycho as a black comedy, the whole joke is, you know, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, it's it doesn't have a lot of the dark humour, but I think it does have a lot of knowing humour that, that is yeah. Hitchcock's thing. Um, but yeah. But yeah Bodega Bay, Annie. Ah, oh, you see, I, Annie is played by Su- Susanna Suzanne Plachette, who's a very good actress. I I think Annie's a great character. This I do like her. Quietly yeah. bitter, you know, quite sad character. That's um, a big part of the story, and ultimately meets a horrible end. But it's yeah. it's almost a kind of casual reveal that she's dead. You know, she set mm. up as a prominent character. Um. I think when you find out she's died, it is a sense of anything goes really. Um, yeah, that's when like the actual sense of doom and dread kind of kicks in. I mean, you get the first bit, the first bit that you kind of think you know things are going like sideways quite quickly is when um, mm. the mum pulls up at the farm oh, and yeah. discovers the farmer who's been attacked by birds. So I think that very first night they get a bit of an attack don't they uh, things break windows do they come down the chimney yes they do yes yeah, sparrows later on um, sparrows well, come the, down the chimney yeah i mean there's there's two the, there's a there's a kind of little jittery bit where she gets uh, swooped on when she's traveling yep. to the island that's she delivers that's the early. lovebirds doesn't she so the lovebirds make it all the way to their like destination and then as she's like rowing back to shore or bringing the boat back to shore and like Mitch has spotted her so he's driving around to meet her um yeah she then pulls in she gets the first attack by one single seagull yeah yeah which is you know which is the first really ominous sign although interestingly the first proper kind of attack is uh, I, I checked the times when I was re-watching it and it's a 50 minutes in um which is eerily similar to the point where the shower scene happens in psycho 50 yeah. minutes in is when kathy's birthday party is attacked <gasps> yeah um, that's which some, is, one of the more prominent yeah. ones and so they have a couple of break-ins don't they and then yeah the yeah. farmer buys it and then all of a sudden they attack yeah. during the day at the kid's birthday party which is cool yeah it's really shocking i mean it's um once that happens i mean the, the flirtation and all the hint there's lots of mm. hints like the mum talks about, uh, you know, her chicken, the chicken feed, the chickens yeah. are not eating. Chickens are going um, a bit weird. But yeah. But you don't actually see any of the chickens. No, you never do. No, there's a lot of off-camera stuff that's going. Like, yeah. um, the gull hits the door at Annie's place and, and they make a point of saying that's weird because, you know, if it lost its way, it's actually a full moon. So in theory, it doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, but the birthday party sequence... Which is which is uh, from that point on, from like fifty minutes in, that's when it really kicks off. That's that's when yeah. it's a succession of big kind of shock moments, and and I think that birthday party scene is quite is quite startling. I mean, it gets a lot from not showing much, like 
the balloons popping and and the mm. gulls shrieking and the kids lots of people being falling over yeah yeah it's disturbing um and he's not afraid uh, as seen in this and then the later scene with the school uh, he's not afraid to show kids being quite viciously <laughs> quite frankly yeah uh attacked, attacked uh, by bleeding, birds. um on the floor mm. as you say being pecked on it's yeah it's vicious in a way that you know you don't necessarily expect from an older film um but yeah it's it's all shot through with that same sense of dread and and there's lots of lines like uh, reminding us of the need to cover our eyes you know uh, sure. someone says that at one point um which of course is our biggest fear when it comes to maybe this scenario is you know oh jesus yeah i mean you know where we're most vulnerable they blind yeah. us first we're totally totally shagged yeah um, but it's all very creepy i mean i find all that stuff really creepy there's the sense that they're waiting they're waiting yeah. to strike at any point and because they are so much smaller than us you know you get like big dramatic scenes of people getting mauled by bears and stuff and you're like you know there's going to be some serious wounds it will take a lot of pecking to create that kind of amount of like serious wounds and stuff and yet it seems it also it always seems like really undignified as well to be attacked by a bird because you're constantly just just waving your hand in front of your face and just just mm. all these little like cuts appearing all over you and stuff and you're like that's gonna take a long time <laughs> to die it would be yeah yeah a lingering horrid thing yeah slow painful death yeah i think so I think Whereas that's... with your tigers and lions, you know, one good uh, swipe and you won't know much more about it, would you? Well, yeah. Or, of course, <laughs> the, the bigger or the most famous uh, follow up to this is Jaws, where, of course, you know, if a shark goes for you, then your chances are limited, you know, as yeah. unlikely as it is in real be, life. There'll be pain for a bit and you'll probably lose a limb, but you won't know much more after that. Whereas with <laughs> birds and stuff getting pecked and to death, it will probably take a really long time. Which is horrendous thought yeah um i think the the scene that you mentioned i really think is is one of the best scenes in any horror movie and which is the farm uh the, the guy that's mm. that uh, jessica tandy finds at the farm and i think it's the one scene that really highlights how powerful this film is because it has no music score there is no music in the birds there's no score at all there's loads of sound mm. effects there's a lot of electronic yeah. sound effects for the birds and yes. real bird sounds but there is no score Hitchcock's usual composer is credited just for sound effects um and this really eerie scene where where she well she finds things like uh all the crockery has been kind of broken in the kitchen and and the window there's a bird stuck in a window a dead bird stuck yeah, in a smashed yeah. window and then there's a couple of jump cuts that that end up in a close-up of him with his eyes uh, obviously having been packed out he's gone yeah totally silent you know apart from whatever minor sound effects from the background and she's hysterical but that you know any other film i mean at this time especially uh horror movies were still in that period where the music score was usually dun, 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 you know dun, dun, dun. yeah um and the and this could have been like that obviously in psycho he did a unique thing by using just strings which is why the yeah. psycho shower scene is so shrill and horrifying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's because those strings kind of go right through you um, although uh, legend has it, he originally wanted that scene to be silent too, with no music. Okay. Um, but I think the birds is so effective because there is none of that melodramatic music at all. Whether it's a sad scene or a scary scene, there's nothing. It's at most you've got the horrible sound of the birds outside or inside mm. or wherever. But that eerie silence when she finds the um, 
the eyeless uh, farmer is yeah. really disturbing. Very, it is, yeah, very creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's the the pacing's great. I mean, there's there is the uh, yeah. Like I said, I think it's it's heartbreaking when you realise Annie has died. I think it's awful when when uh, the mum's character kind of thaws out and you realise that she's just as scared as anybody else. And she talks mm-hmm. about her husband dying a few years ago and um, she still gets up to make his breakfast before she remembers that he's actually dead. You know, it's, I think mm. there's such a nice scene with her and Tippy Hedron where both of them who before that were these quite frosty, aloof characters. Yeah. Um, you see the vulnerability in both of them. And that's, I think that's a turning point as well, as far as, wanting to root for these initially uh, kind of somewhat uh, colder characters. Yeah, standoffish people. And yeah, Tippy Hedren's character, Melanie, you know, mm. she really kind of like looks after them. She becomes like a big sister for the yeah. for the young girl. You know, she gets protective and looks after them. Um you know the whole incident of going to the school and stuff that's the yes. other creepy thing so you have the creepy of the guy in the farmhouse the next uh, creepy one after that is definitely the school as she's sat yeah. there she knows she, uh, oh no because the whole can can cafeteria thing that was before she went to the school wasn't it Oh, the restaurant. The, the restaurant, yeah, that's it, that's, sorry. That's a bit after, I think the school is, well, they do go to the restaurant early <gasps> yeah, on. Yeah, no, the sorry, big, yes. The big yeah, ones the, later. The big ones after the school thing, because then you have the um, old smoking woman that doesn't want to oh. believe that birds attack the school. She's but yeah, amazing. the whole the whole thing, the really, the really cool but creepy bit is when Melanie's waiting outside the school and that song that they're singing goes, just goes on and on and on. Why is that song? I've never heard that except in the birds. I've never heard that. No, I've never heard that before, but that was probably one of the longest songs you're ever going to get with the singers going, oh God, we've got to sing the tippity tappity song again. Jesus Christ, that's another 15 minutes of my life. There's no wheels on the bus go round and round, is it? I feel like it's about as long. But yeah, the whole um, seeing like one or two crows sat on the climbing frame, pans away, pans back, there's a few more, pans away, (laughs) pans back, there's like 50 of them all sat on there looking all kind of sinister and scary. It's genius. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's again, the only sound is is the, well, the very faint sound of the birds and she's smoking on a bench. Yes. Everyone smokes it. I love these old movies oh, where yeah. everyone's yeah. smoking. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it looks uh, ridiculous if they were vaping. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I love I love seeing that they're all smoking. Um, yeah. yeah, that scene is legend, you know, just tremendous. Like you said, the cutaway, she's she's unaware. And we, we know what's happening, but we're still really shocked when after you've seen maybe eight at most, it holds on her face for the longest time and it goes back and show dozens of them. You know, yeah. Right? Ah, um, too late. And and, and yeah, again, a great scene too... of panic when she gets the kids yeah, out of the class. Absolutely. Is... And then everything kind of goes nuts from there. And then they're at the restaurant. The restaurant scene. The restaurant scene is tremendous. I think the restaurant scene is is maybe my favourite bit. It's quite a long sequence. I know it goes back there a bit later. But the the kind of microcosm of america or, or humanity is in that restaurant there's the, <laughs> the drunk it's the end of the world yes. <laughs> that's yeah. his catchphrase 
the the Ornitharian like bird lady it's on her beds would never do this and la 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 and then other people are believing her the worried mother and her children yes you're scared the businessman the businessman that comes in for like a drink and she's like are we going now <laughs> oh I love that the characters are great yeah the ornithologist is great because the ornithologist is there to kind of explain the well to kind of explain the message well you know um this is ridiculous birds are birds are not aggressive um mm. if anything it's mankind that's you know that's yes. a real shitter um and the other guy I like the other guy whose solution is you know the the classic kind of uh, I suppose uh modern well we should uh, wipe Just them off the planet yeah <laughs> well yeah you know there's there is that um and that's before there's any evidence of what's going on you know mm. his immediate solution is presumably to do what americans do and grab a gun and blast the fuck out of everything um yeah no i think it's tremendous especially the the mother i like a lot actually i, I think that's quite well done the yeah. hysterical mother that She's ends up blaming to be hedging for everything well yeah it was fine until you came along <laughs> which, which is the classic you're not local yeah <laughs> We were doing perfectly well before you outside city folk came here. Um, yeah. A local shop for local people. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Mrs. Mrs. Ornithologist that does sell the idea of how scary it is because she's the one with the stats as well. You know, she's like a yeah. walking encyclopedia. Well, there's, you know, there's five billion in America, so I'm pretty shagged. But there's a hundred billion in the world. <laughs> um, so if this is true, which it isn't because it's ridiculous, then we are pretty much doomed. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and there's the guy that talks about his, you know, his his fishing boats have been capsized, and um, I suppose, I mean, if this is a monster movie, which it is, I, and it's a monster movie without an explanation because it doesn't want to tell you why they're attacking, you've got to make it up for yourself. Yeah. This is yeah. the sequence that normally, it, well, this is the sequence in place of that scene where a scientist comes and, well, you know, <laughs> the ants fed on radiation, that's why they're ten feet tall, and we can kill yeah. them with fire. But in this one, it's everybody in the world disagreeing with each other. Well, you know, it's the birds. No, it's not the birds. No. Well, we could shoot the ball. Well, we can't. You know, it's uh, and the mother, the mother is in somewhat denial and just doesn't want her kids to be scared. So would rather just not hear about it. You know, yeah. it's the yeah. it's it's COVID or it's um you know it's any big catastrophe that's had terrorists where everybody's got a different opinion as to what the way forward is. Um, and I think it's brilliant. I think that whole sequence is brilliant. Um. But I, but I also like that it's interrupted by the attack that's happening at the gas station immediately opposite. <laughs> oh yeah, there's an absolutely hilarious bit, like the very, very first kind of seagull attack. There's a dude stood at the petrol pumps, <laughs> filling his car up. A bird flies out, and he literally just kind of goes ah, and like slacks his head against the petrol pump and just keels over. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Is he the no, is it a different guy that likes his cigar when he's when he's at his car? That's another yeah, guy, isn't that's it? That's a different guy, yeah, because the, like obviously his petrol is then leaking <laughs> everywhere and it runs down the road. Nobody notices. Might as well light up. <laughs> yeah, I'll get out of my car, step in this puddle of <laughs> petrol, light up, and set the whole place on fire. Yeah. Yeah, which which and you've got the also quite entertaining scene of their reactions to this all happening at the window of the diner, haven't you? Where where Tippy mm-hmm. Hedron's going, shit, shit, oh shit, you know, as the uh, the whole place goes up. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's very entertaining. Um, 
and also you've got that weird uh, as the as the explosion happened you've got that really creepy god's eye view where it cuts to the sky where it cuts to god you know where you see you see the explosion from from god or whatever and then you see the girl you know loads of seagulls coming into yeah, the shop to go and, in. Um, yeah. yeah which which is fantastic some of the i mean the, this is a movie with uh, obviously a bunch of real birds obviously yeah. a few puppets but also a lot of uh optical effects a lot of kind of cut and paste kind of stuff going on which sure, i think still yeah. largely works i mean it's um i think it's very effective um much of the time in what they're doing in what really is looks like a very complicated film to make in 1963 yeah um, yeah for sure and then and the noises you know they've enhanced the noises and changed the noises uh, i think they've kind of played them backwards or something to make it sound it's weird isn't it yeah odd and off yeah because i because this is also the period of like early synthesizers and early electronic stuff isn't it so Mm. like which you hear you hear a lot of weird shit in like 1960s doctor who where it's it's quite a different show in the 60s and there's a lot of eerie music uh it's, it's a weird kind of thing to rewatch, and they're experimenting with all these different soundboards and things and yeah i think it must be it's a combination of i suppose i don't know but real bird sounds mm. remixed pay, like i said play backwards mixed in with electronic sounds um and it does create just a weird atmosphere it it does all work you know i don't i never watch this film and think it's dated um obviously you know we you talked about the the 60s kind of um the carpets uh, carpets and <laughs> an immediate flirting and and immediate um ability to stalk um, someone very easily yeah you know? i mean they do have like kind of the over dramatics as well you know so they're holding back on like the dramatic music and stuff but you do have like that yeah. over the top close-ups of shocked face here and shocked face there back to another shocked face oh same shocked face <laughs> that's very 60s type thing yeah me? yeah entirely yeah yeah the reaction shot yeah absolutely there it's... is a lot of that <laughs> what about oh, i mean and then it kicks off it kicks off big time and and the, i think this movie has like two two scenes that are equivalent of the shower scene in psycho where tippy is is totally confined and one of those is in a phone box where yes. where she's she's trapped and this is basically the shower all over again i mean she's trapped in there everything's gone to shit she's watching <laughs> She's watching like uh, there's that dude that comes to the phone box with his face in tatters, you know, yeah. trying to get in and there's gulls and there's the horse and cart that crashes and there's fire hoses yes. that go mental. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a really impressive scene, I think, um, of, again, our worst fear. She's in a she's in a box with windows that can easily be pecked. Yeah, uh, but what? Why did she go in there in the first place? I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, I it, it would seem a bit of a like... foolish. Yeah, I feel like she's going to go and try and help Mitch or something who'd gone over to the garage and she got that far and then just kind of like, I'm going to hide in the phone box. But she could have, because she didn't even try and use the phone either. Which you'd think would be the reason she goes in there. I mean, you think yeah. maybe call for help. Yeah, it's, um, maybe she didn't have 10p. I mean, you need 10p. Did you need 10p in yeah, the 60s? In the 80s, you thought, 10p. I would have thought so, yeah. I would have thought God, so. She probably like ran out there and got in there and went, oh, shit, I left my purse in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> if only oh why can someone invent mobile phones for god's sake um <laughs> you had to have left the building 
I love all this. The second half is mental because, uh, yeah, as uh, we've already mentioned the the mum, but the mum is great. The mum is, you know, she's calling Tippy Edge an evil and everything. She's proper kicking off. And mum's with, you know, um, it's a proper kind of demented parent action in in at work in those scenes, which I think is quite good. I'd like to have seen more of the mum when I was watching it again this time. It reminds me, you know, that bit in Jaws where the the boy is eaten by the shark and then about half an hour later the mum of that boy uh comes to roy scheider and blames him for it and gives him yes. a slap around the face yeah it reminds me i don't mean spielberg you know very hitchcock influenced like so many others but jaws jaws very much feels like um a remake of the birds at some points especially <laughs> yeah. with bits like the mum the angry mum you know ah yeah bastard it's in, the, in the restaurant yeah yeah it's all your fault <laughs> Poor well, Tibby it's, it's always yeah that is true you do that's when you kind of like feel it start to feel a bit sorry for her go come on you know <laughs> she's in as much of a victim as the rest of you here i mean she has no clue what's going on yes any I more love than anyone shift. else does yeah and that's she's... when you kind of start to root for her a little bit more and then when she goes out you know obviously she's already gone out of her way to go and help kathy escape from the school and stuff this is like you think she'd get thanks for this rather, rather than the blame from everyone yeah yeah you do it's it's very clever how it spins around like uh, and i think almost everybody shifts as the film goes on like um jessica tat the mum is is very frosty at first but you you really feel for her as the film goes on and rod taylor's very kind of suave and and mm. handsome and he's you know he's clearly as scared as everybody else in the latter stages mm. and tippy hedron you know she's in these fancy clothes um this fancy 60s stuff with hitchcock always had his leading ladies dressed uh edith head was the the costume designer famous costume designer always dressed in extremely uh stylish stuff but that's all stripped away in the last act and you know and mm. she looks a total mess by the end which yes. i think is is deliberate i think he's as cruel you know he's a director that would relish that kind of thing you know de-glamorizing the sure yeah the glamorous leading lady um but yeah, no, there's so much great stuff in the last half. I think that the discovery of Annie is really, really harrowing on, on yeah. the path. Once again, it's um, kind of off camera and you only see like the end result. Yeah. Which is just a shocking, just a shocking to find her as you do, as you, as you did with the uh, farmer. Yeah, absolutely. Same kind of effect. You feel like, holy crap. And more powerful but, for her because we never met yeah. the farmer, but we we spent some time no. with her. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and she did it again to save Kathy. So, if anything, yes. people should be blaming the kids. The kids, yeah. There's a pattern going on, but yeah, out of through all of it and stuff, you know, people are getting attacked by. They all seem to be wild birds and stuff. Like you say, mm. we they, they did mention that the chickens were acting weird. But the, the lovebirds that started this whole thing off, you know, they'd been there from the start. They never turn either. They're no, always the love there birds in the house. Okay. The lovebirds are all right. They're happy to take them with them, aren't they, at the end? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite interesting, which, again, is different to what you get from the story. The short story is the sense that, well, they're all together. Uh, in this, you, there's definitely a sense of a conspiracy, as as you said, I think, you know, Mitch Mitch figures it out. He's like, well, they strike, they vanish, and then they start massing again. Yeah. Um, but so there's a kind of pattern and there's loads of scenes, including the bit at the school. There's loads of scene where where very creepily they just seem to be waiting. You know, they're, they're not in a yes. hurry. No. Um, 
for whatever this is they're, they're happy to wait and there's periods of long quiet scenes in the house as well later on yeah the whole um, bit when mitch goes out to get the car it's not like oof. he does it secretly yeah i'll just do a little excuse me bears i'm just gonna just can, can i just get past and they're like okay yeah sure go get your car <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's oh it's, it's so suspenseful because it well you can imagine in 63 at the cinema this would have oh, you know this would have been proper shit your yeah, pants stuff because absolutely because who knows where this is going all bets are off you know um because have especially the audience had lived through psycho had seen psycho where of course you know they wouldn't have known that that was going to happen halfway through with Janet Lee. Um, no. So I love the idea that at this stage in his career, um, Hitchcock was kind of, yeah, we can go and see this new thriller, whatever you want to call it. And we're not quite sure what we're going to get. Um, but yeah, it be- becomes this very influential siege scenario, which I think we see loads of times in horror after the birds. Like uh, I think, the last half an hour of the fog is very similar to the birds where they're mm-hmm. all holed up with well, multiple characters actually either in the church or um the dj in the lighthouse under siege by this this mm-hmm. kind of alien thing that's invaded the town in that case it's the fog but a very similar seaside town actually in the fog um yeah one of the tombs of the blind dead films is set in a very similar coastal town and has a very kind of birds like siege night of the living dead um yeah farmhouse farmhouse the use of the radio um which is carryover from the the short story is is you know them tuning into the radio and in this case not learning anything at all really i mean no sketchy information at best um but with the overriding sense that this is maybe a small example of what's coming next um some great attack scenes i, I love the stuff with the Again, what you don't see, you maybe see a glimpse of what looks like a beak, but like the wooden door, the scratching at the door and the, the pecking <gasps> yes, at the door is really terrifying. Yeah, they're trying to peck through the door. Yeah, that's really sinister. That's extreme. And the power goes out. And I, and that whole bit at the beginning when the flocks of sparrows come down the bloody chimney is also like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, well, to me, that's the, I don't know if we talked about this, but well, we probably done it at some stage, but to me, that's the, that's like the moment in the fog when I was little mm. um, and watched the fog at a very young age. I was terrified because there's there's the, there's the nice old lady babysitter, Miss Cobritz, who I'll never forget because it gave me nightmares for ages. Yeah. Um, and you think, well, they're not going to kill Miss Cobritz. Come on, Andy, let's get you to bed. <laughs> and you realise the shit scary thing about the fog is the fucker can go under doors. Yes. <laughs> you can board up the windows as much as you like but you know and birds and fog same. and that kind of stuff doesn't really matter it's brilliant i mean it's genius isn't it and and mm. night of the living dead is the same thing i guess but you know they're in the theory they've done the right thing <laughs> they've barricaded them in cells sure. but they've become hostage to whatever's out there because in the end it will break through i mean you know the yeah. zombies the fog the birds they are prisoners the nukes will drop and we can barricade ourselves in the home and follow the safety instructions but the radiation will get us in the end you know if we're not being blown to fuckerines mm-hmm. um so i think uh this works so well because you can you can remake the birds lots of times unofficially whether you replace the birds with zombies or with a shark or or with the fog um i think it's become a constant this kind of siege scenario where your home is meant to be safe, but actually, you know, there's already a seagull that's uh, pecking the shit out of your hand at the window. 
yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, the last act is great. The scene with Tippy Hedren in what is it, the attic, the the upstairs yeah. room, um, is also really harrowing. I think. I mean, there's there's lots of. Um, they even made a, a whole film called The Girl, which is worth a look with Toby Jones playing Hitchcock, which is based on kind of based on Tippy Hedren's uh, suggestion that she wasn't treated particularly well on set during the birds. Oh, really? She did indeed suffer things like having a real bird strapped to her head for an attack scene. And you can kind of see, I mean, it's again, it's a mixture of real birds and puppets. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, there's very convincing suggestions as well as being possibly slightly a pervert that Hitch was um, a little <laughs> bit sadistic when it came to mm -hmm. staging things <laughs> involving live animals. Um, but yeah, I think that scene, she does do the thing, the classic bad idea thing of all gothic horror of going upstairs when everybody's not doing much or asleep with a torch and investigating yeah. the creepy sound from upstairs. You know? yeah. um, but that scene, I think, is really effective. It's, again, another tight uh, woman trapped in a confined space like the shower scene or like the telephone box scene. Um, it's pretty savage, though, that sequence, I, I think. It is, and she, she comes out of it like, you know, a shell of her <laughs> former self, really, doesn't she? <laughs> Hair's a mess. <laughs> Absolutely. She's she's traumatised. She has to lie down. Yeah. Yeah, face is all cut. There's, there's a lot of, I think there's quite a few scenes, including kids, there's a lot of scenes of people with facial yes. um, cuts and and rips and stuff, which I think is quite disturbing in this film. Um, maybe especially for the time. You don't, you don't see that much. The, the very specific detail of facial wounds, I think, brings it home. Mm of you know the damage they can cause I, I do like that um yeah that whole scene's good lots of close-ups of you know your vulnerable bits being pecked hands feet fingers you know legs face yeah um and the final act Sarah I mean it's um it's legendarily uh ambiguous yeah um but, but hopeful, and you can read but bleak yeah. at the same time <laughs> Yeah, I think so. You can, I mean, you can read into it whatever you want, and people have. Everybody's, you know, dipped into the birds like they have with Psycho. There's all sorts of feminist readings and all sorts of mad studies of it. But what's your thoughts on the, you know, the the final act? The final act, kind of. Well, I I, I kind of got lost because. I then, as soon as I watched the final act, I was kind of. It does end quite abruptly. They're like, okay. Um, will get the car out past these scary birds just before they attack and just kind of like drive away and everything will be okay. But then I then found out that there was an alternative ending that they never actually made. And mm. um, so I was like, oh, I need to find out about this. Um, I watched the extras and stuff on the disc and watched the, the final like storyboard for the alternative ending. And it kind of it does end up kind of going the same way, but it takes a lot longer to get there, and it's slightly more interesting. I kind of feel like they mm. possibly should have stuck with the um, alternative one than the one that they did. Yeah, because there was there was there were different. Yeah, there was like they, they were going to do one where you were going to see lots of like crashed cars and buses and things and yeah. bodies in the streets and. Um, and the Golden Gate Bridge, there was an end. Was is that maybe it's the same ending where there was going to be a shot of the birds on the Golden Gate Bridge, which yes. would return the story back to San Francisco where it starts. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. 
yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting isn't it i i feel like the ending that they did go with in the end does like you say it's, it's ambiguous kind of leaves it open kind of thinks yourself oh well they made it but did they yeah and the fact that they they escaped with the lovebirds as well because you know they're the real stars of the show they're the ones that you want to make it the lovebirds yeah played by play themselves actually they yeah they yeah were. Yeah, they were not actually actors. They were, they were just playing. Yeah, they were no. Actual birds. I think. Yeah, I think it's it's a really eerie ending. I mean, it's um, to me when I was rewatching it last uh, last night. Yeah, last night. Um, the very calm ending after all the kind of although it is a movie of periods of quiet followed by very shrill mm. attacking. It, mm. it was. Ba- I figured this is basically the equivalent in the sixties of the let's just wait here and see what happens ending of the thing um, <laughs> where you're like, well, yes. <laughs> either way, <laughs> um, even if he and he are not that, then they're still going to freeze to death. Because yeah. um, in the sense of, I don't know where they go from here, really. I mean, we because everything's so vague, we assume that a lot of other people have been horribly attacked. Yeah, mauled by birds. And we we know the pattern, which is, you know, strike fuck off for a bit come back come back later yeah so we know the birds are clever or we think we know the birds are clever and and that they're doing this deliberately people get into maybe a false sense of security and then that's when they get them at their most vulnerable if they've gone back to school or whatever or if they're like well this is all right a bit like covid really everything seems better now i'm gonna go back to work yeah or you know i'm gonna go and meet my family again yeah um so so i think um yeah I think it's like the thing. I don't know if you know if the thing was was influenced by the. But the thing is another siege movie. Another uh, uh, a bunch of characters holed up in a small place yeah, by something they don't place. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By something which again has apocalyptic uh, prospects because it is so apparently advanced, and when it gets you, it gets you fast. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a good. I mean, out of uh, what we would give to see the the alternate ending it would be extraordinary it would be cool but i still think yeah i still think the ending they went with is effective endings like that the end kind of open-ended with a did they make it did they not type thing i would always prefer to to like a happy ending yeah you know it, it would be odd and kind of weird for hitchcock to go oh and you know next morning all the birds are back to normal everyone lives happily ever after yeah <laughs> You know, yeah, that's totally not agree. him. That would be something that would ruin the film for me. So I think an open-ended kind of did they, didn't they, what's going to happen next ending is is the way to go. Yes. Or just a completely nuts, everyone gets massacred type thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a great ending. Um, I think, I mean, there's the, uh, I was watching the little doc or one of the little documentaries on the thing on the not on the thing but on the birds on the uh <laughs> on the disc um where they talk about how uh back then i mean it's, it occasionally happens now but not very often but back then movies typically had the end you know as a title yeah. credit at the very end in this case hitchcock quite insisted a lot of them, yeah uh, of like kind of drawing it out a bit whereas quite a lot of like old movies literally do just just stop <laughs> Yeah, and that's what happened. I mean, he he refused. He didn't want the words "the end" to be on screen at the end, and 
us, but and Universal insisted that at least their logo should be at the end, which it is, so that yeah. people knew it actually ended. But otherwise, it would have just been a fade out, and that's boom. Because oh, obviously, uh, back in those days as well, usually the credits were all at the start as well, mm. um, which is the case here. So it does just end, you know, and there is no end title card. So it's you know it, even that is suggestive that this is far from the end. And, you know, presumably their fate is probably going to be as disturbing as the last two hours have been um, and possibly worse. Um, But also you get, well, you get a nice sense. I think there's a nice shot of um, uh, Melanie and the mum in the back of the car where there's this kind of sealing of the bond with them in the way they kind of uh, are comforting each other. But you also get a sense of uh, enormous PTSD with with pretty much everybody involved, especially Melanie. And And it kind of makes you wonder, I wonder what happens if they do get back to San Francisco and, like, the lady of the, the owner of the pet shop, like, knocks on her door with a minor bird. Here you go, (laughs) like, shoved it in her face. What would happen? (laughs) She she would have a mental breakdown. Good news, your order's in, Mrs. Daniels. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was. A, I mean, I, the thing is with this is not unique to the birds, but with Hitchcock, this often happened where all the small characters, the the ones that are on screen for a couple of minutes, you kind of want to go back to them, like the fussy lady <laughs> at the pet shop who seems a bit yeah. dithery and you know gets all uh, all of a quiver when it all goes a bit wrong. Um, yeah, the guy in the post office, post office can't Lois. remember the child's name. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and there's loads of those characters in Psycho as well. You know, the, the old sheriff. Oh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Bates, <laughs> you'll have to look at the cemetery for her. Um, or, or you know, Marion Crane's work friend. All those little characters. The, yes. the pervy boss in Psycho, the slightly mm-hmm. pervy boss. You know, that's that's just a bit too much. You think, wow, well, I wonder what his story is. You know, I wonder, did they have a cleaner at the Bates Motel? You know, what's why? Yeah, what kind of mm-hmm. other shit's going on here? Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's many questions. Um, but then, uh, I mean. Yeah, it's the stuff of legend. There's loads of movies um, riffed on the birds later, some more directly. There is a Birds 2. Did you ever see the Birds 2? No, no, Uh, I have not. It's total garbage. I mean, it came out in the 90s. Um, (laughs) Not not an awful lot of good movies came out in the 90s, really. It's rubbish, yeah. I've only seen it once. Um, Tippi Hedren is in it in a kind of cameo as some shop owner or something she isn't playing melanie daniels um but it's yeah it's just like a very flat what it is a sequel-ish but it's new characters it's a different location from memory although it's an island it's it's, yeah i think it's set on some kind of similar location um and from memory it does it kind of ends with them suddenly stopping attacking but it also has a i think an extra scene in the birds two of them heading to like the mainland so i think it kind of covers both bases by having the attacks suddenly stop but also have uh, like a i don't know if it's the last shot or the end or whatever showing them heading to like the city or something um but yeah there's been a bunch of them you mentioned (laughs) you mentioned birdemic um have you seen birdemic It's just, I didn't. I didn't know that was a thing. That was actually a movie. But there are three. There, yeah, there are three. There are three birdemics. There are genuinely three. Uh, um, I mean, I've not oh. seen the third one. I think the third one did the festival circuit last year. But the first... are they are they funny like Sharknadoes, or are they supposed to be taken seriously? Well, the weird thing is, 
I mean, from memory, the first one has has a few clips, I think, of the birds. But the weird thing from memory is that the the first one totally appears to be taken seriously and is is played really straight by people that act like they're not human beings. You know, they're, they're it's it's all so weird. It's like, oh, it's you. I haven't seen you since we were at college together. Oh, it's God. all very much like that. But then the movie was, I mean, it's hysterically funny. It's where the first one is for the sex scene, the weird, um, terrible sex scenes or, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the long build up where nothing happens. The scenes of people um, kind of uh, defending themselves from birds that are done on a PC or something uh, with coat oh, hangers. Coat Lord. hangers is a big thing. In, uh, in nice. It's genuinely very funny. But from what I could tell and from what I sort of think I know, the first one was actually being taken seriously. But the second one is really knowing it's really self-conscious of the fact that people laughed at the first one. So the second one tries to be funny and is possibly mm -hmm. even more excruciating because of that. <laughs> you have to watch the first Birdemic is what I'm saying. Yeah. I just looked them up and they have <laughs> some great titles. The first one is Birdemic Shock and Terror. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then Birdemic 2, The Resurrection. Birdemic 3, Sea Eagle. There is one on here. There is a Birdemic 4, Garden of Eden, but I wow. don't actually think that actually came to light. Unless no, it's I don't ongoing. know. I, mean, I think it's in pre-production. Well, yeah, because 3 has only recently come out, so it makes sense that 4 oh, is yes. being planned. God, um, no, I've not heard of them. It's it's really it's a really weird watch. The f I mean, this, like I said, I think the second one was almost spoiled by the fact the director seemed to be in on the joke. He was like, "Oh well, yes, of course, I meant the first one as a comedy as well." When <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the first one is actually sincere because it has loads yeah. of weird has loads of weird Greenpeace type stuff. It has loads of weird like eco warrior characters in it. Go well, you know, mankind. Uh, we should have appreciated these trees while we're um, yeah. It doesn't seem to be intentionally funny, but it really is. But mostly because of the relationship stuff, it's just it's just uncomfortable for the actors. You oh, know, <laughs> especially when they're getting it on. You know, from there's like this computer guy that ends up in uh, meeting this woman that looks like she's a model for Victoria's Secret or something, and and they have this awkward kind of flirtation, like your worst nightmare version of what um, Rod Taylor and Tippi Hedren are doing in The Bird. <laughs> Oh god! Oh no! And there's lots of scenes of people driving and like endless scenes of oh, always getting out of a car. <sighs> oh, then they're oh no, they're going to talk like they're speaking from fucking cue cards. Um, it's oh, it's joy. It's okay. <laughs> Might have to take your word for it on that. It really is worth watching. I think it's worth watching. Um, <laughs> Good lord! There's, there's a film I mean... called. Oh, sorry, please continue. I was to say that there should be more films about scary birds, but I, to be fair, I don't actually think anyone will ever quite top the creepiness and the quietness, just just the essence of the birds. Yeah, and that says a lot. And very, uh, yeah, while people have done everything else, dogs, cats, sharks, you know, there's not many with uh with birds with because birds. of that they should do like, like killer ostriches or something that'd be really scary well there is <laughs> well there in... is... oh there is ostrich, I don't know ostrich. <laughs> but i know it, there's a there's a i think i've got i have to lend this to you because it's got everything in it it's got i, I know it's got pigeons it's got ducks oh, um killer, chickens killer ducks. 
yeah like there's there's a thing called this is not a joke it sounds like one but in uh, what i'm not sure if it was in the uk but somewhere it was released as beaks the movie but (laughs) over here and it's again it seems to be serious it's spanish it's in english but it was spanish made it's got the dude from the blue lagoon in it uh birds of prey i think it was called over here from the 80s (laughs) right and that is that's almost a birds remake um and it does have, yeah, it has like a, a bunch of different, like canaries, uh, pigeons, like I said. Mm. It has a bunch of, um, and it is hilarious. I mean, it does have like gore stuff in it. So there's a few like almost faulty like bits of eyes being pecked. <laughs> the stuff you don't yes. see in the birds. Uh, yeah. There's a bit of that. But there's lots of like girls in bikinis running in slow motion. Ah! Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a bit with a parachute guy. But yeah, birds, well, yeah, birds of prey over here, but genuinely in some places it was called beaks the movie i mean i'm not sure what else that could be beaks the beaks the the deodorant beaks the uh, the ready meal um yeah so birds of prey is probably as close to a remake as they got birds Two mm. land's end is is a duff you know it's, it's just boring that one it's not even worth it but demic is genuinely uncomfortable to watch because it's so terrible but it's also quite hilarious um there is one with Rod Taylor when he was quite old called Core, as in, as in, not as in, Core, 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 Core. Yes, that. And that's not bad. That's about ravens. Um, and Rod Taylor has like, a, you know, he's he's like a thankless role. I think he's like the town corridor or something. But that one, I think, I may be wrong, but I think that one was sort of spinning off on like mad cow disease type things. Because I think the idea is that these birds are fed from cattle that were affected by something similar to mad cow disease i think that's why they go on a kind Ooh. of uh cg by that time it was it was more recent so by that time it was all cgi ravens in that one uh, whereas in the 80s birds of prey aka beaks the movie it's <laughs> I, I can't remember but i presume it was you know puppets or whatever flappy puppets uh, Yay. Like a fake pigeon, or maybe real pigeon uh, yeah but yeah definitely <laughs> there's some to check out there but there's a few um, well, there, yeah, there, was there a few. Some... I'm, I'm very uneducated in the bird horror movie department. Uh, for me, it's an obsession. Well, not really, but there is <laughs> there is the raven. It's very effective in Omen Two, where the yeah. Do you remember that sequence? It's really. I horrible. do remember that. Yeah, and um, the crows in Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes, that's yeah, that's proper eyeball stuff as well, isn't it? From memory, or is that the? Well, no, it it literally drops blood in in a guy's <sighs> eyeball. He and that's how they get as it, Yeah, no. In its defence, there are those effective moments in uh, in Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, it does. It does have its moments. It's 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 a grower. I remember thinking that when I first saw, like, I, getting through the first twenty odd minutes when he's just wandering around the city shouting hello. I was like, yeah, fucking what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so I get the message, fucking move on. But it does have its moments. There is some yeah. good bits. But I, it, you kind of notice more the more you watch it. Yeah, when it comes to twenty eight days later. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. Oh, there's the. Did we we did this, didn't we? In the the podcast, there's the uh, the hilarious bit in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two where the parakeet goes mental and it <laughs> flies around the room and it like nips yes. um dad's face or something. Yes, uh, it does. Yeah, that's true. That's explodes. It explodes, doesn't it? I think it does. <laughs> um, there's a that's good strange in, creatures. There's a good spoof in Mel Brooks always did good spoofs, and there's uh, in High Anxiety, which is kind of general Hitchcock spoof. That I think there's a sequence 
where the birds just shit on loads of people. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's the joke. There's definitely a psycho joke in it, but I think it's, uh, you know, the obvious shitting joke. Um, yeah, there's a few things like that, a few eyeball peckings. Um, but yeah, Omen 2, where which is which is like somebody having the world's worst day, because not only does she get attacked mm. by a, ra- a raven and gets her eyes pecked out, but then she runs into the path of a truck and gets hit and goes flying through the air because she's been... Um, proper smashed by a gigantic lorry what are the chances <sighs> just can't catch a break no but yeah Yay. Oh. that was the birds the birds yeah the birds not bad for a 60 year old thing no, no great to, it's good to rewatch um very influential and yeah um some hopefully some other recommends there cautious recommends for birdemic and sure Birds of Prey beaks the movie. Um, of course, in England, uh, the 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 scariest bird really was uh, was part of Rod Hull and Emu. Um, <laughs> what Rod Hull? Yeah, Rod scariest. Hull. What the hell was that? He was part bird, I think. He looked like a bird himself. Is that less like? He bird... kind of did. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> did. So yeah, you had him and Rod Hull and Emu, and then you had the other guy in Orville. Oh, Keith Harris and Orville. That's yeah. it. Keith Harris and Yeah. What was with us and like English people and ducks? And then there was Ed the Duck. Oh, I've forgotten about what was he? Oh, like, a children's he wasn't, BBC he, or yeah. Andy Crane. And he, he, that's the one, Andy Peters and Andy Peters. Crane. Yep. Yeah. Who only he works with people called Andy. Ma- yeah. He only ha- and he had a green Mohican. <laughs> yeah. It was all a bit weird. Yeah, Rod Hull, I think, was like, you see, dog owners that look like they're dogs. I think that was similar. You know, he, <laughs> yeah, he clearly he was like avian nature. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they would do the same joke every time. But and eventually, I think it just got a bit unnerving. Like, they'd invite Rod Hull and Emu onto a chat show, and halfway through, he, the Emu would go mental and attack, like, Michael Aspel or Parkinson. Yeah. Again, just people called Michael, probably. Uh, it is um, actually a lot of people's first memory of, like... I don't know, puppet type birds on TV shows. But of course we know the most disturbing bird of all, hideous and just nightmare fuel is Big Bird, that awful, yellow, creepy uh, probably paedophile bird in Sesame Street. I'm sure that's a child. Eight foot tall. In a costume. I mean, I'm not making any allegations, so I just like to say that's just allegedly that Big Bird was a filthy pedo. But um, <laughs> but whoever thought that was a cute and endearing character, Jesus Christ! He, he had funky legs, though. Yeah, did you ever check out his leg? oh, yeah, yeah, legs? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Orville, Orville was sickly sweet, wasn't it? I wish he wishes he could yeah, fly right up to the sky. Yeah, star. no, he had a horrible voice. Ah. Oh. I think Emu is probably the funniest. Well, yeah, and I think because Rod Hull was so weird and there was nothing sickly sweet about Rod Hull and Emu, was there? No. Um, It wasn't even pretending. It was like, well, I'm Rod Hull, I'm a bit weird, and here's my savage. But the Emu itself looked like it had been retrieved from a rubbish (laughs) dump from hell. And was on crack. (laughs) Crack. Um, (laughs) And... And anybody watch it, I mean, if you were to watch it without knowing, just right now, I mean, if you were to randomly think, what's this shit on YouTube? Rod Holland, yeah. Yeah. This I've... wasn't on family TV, surely. 
Yeah, I reckon you should show it to your daughter and see what she thinks. She's like, this is what, what we had to watch when we were kids. And, and it became normal for us. But anybody looking in, <laughs> no, what? This was what in the this, this was your childhood. Time. Yes, I'm afraid so. Why has that guy got his hand up a green duck that's longing <laughs> to be flying, but is clearly being horribly molested? Yeah, by we- wearing a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also got kind of shit humor attached to it yeah yeah good god it's like scatborn yeah i mean it's it's a miracle you know we didn't turn out weird <laughs> yeah i'm just glad to be normal very very yeah, well balanced totally all unhinged. No. <laughs> yeah well, you see, this is what Hitchcock has done for us. Um, Absolutely. He led to all these things. I'm this sure. is all his fault. Yeah, It is, Hitchcock. Yeah, damn you for doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it, isn't it almost like, uh, I will, this is almost it, I promise. Uh, isn't it almost like fitting somehow that Rod Hull died by falling off his roof when he oh, was trying really? to fix his aerial? Is that right? Is that how he fell off? The question yeah. is, did he have Emu on his arm at the time? Because I've not seen Emu since then. What happened to no, Emu? No, what happened to did Emu? Did he not work solo? Obviously not. Maybe he died of a broken heart. Because like... that is ironic. <laughs> that is funny. But I like the idea that even doing something like that, he still had Emu on his arm. I like the idea that they were inseparable. You'd yeah. like to think, yeah. yeah. Should we go to bed? Yeah, come on then. Let's go, <laughs> dear. Shaking his hand nodding in the end he was part of me well that's why there's this is why there's so many film horror films about um creepy ventriloquists you know it's a unhealthy profession it's not good for you i don't think to Mm-mm. your entire professional career and probably it carries over to your personal life where like siamese twins you know um, orville is is with you when you're shagging someone or something which is probably <laughs> the case with keith harris again allegedly uh no need for a lawsuit or anything no. yeah um well, that's that's ruined everything for everyone. Um, and that's it for the birds, actually, Sarah. I think we've talked enough birds. It's all got very disturbing now. I, yeah, it's all gone a bit strange. Yep. I'm not going to sleep for another week, but that's OK. Mm. Uh, but the good news is next time there'll be something completely different. And uh, what are we doing next time in episode 37 for February, Sarah? Oh, we're going all romantic like. No, what? Because it's like Valentine's Day in February. We're not celebrating Pancake Day. Oh, oh Although no. I feel like we possibly should. Pancake Day massive. Are, are there any kind of Pancake Day related movies? If not, then we're going to go with... <laughs> oh my God, that brings us back to Benny Loves You. Um, <laughs> it does actually. <laughs> yeah, next month is My Bloody Valentine. A yes. remake versus the original. Yes. Because we like those episodes. Yes, we do. The last one was Last House on the Left, wasn't it? The, it was, yeah. The battle. In which I decided that I hated. I was really passionately against the remake. Um, yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't really keen on either of them, to be fair. <laughs> which is, actually, they're both shit. <laughs> which is, I quite liked that result. No, I liked that. That was your, yeah, no, I remember that was a good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do a few of these, I think. Perhaps one or two a year, but uh, it's it's quite cool. In this case... I think both are real. Well, I haven't rewatched them for a while, but I will rewatch them obviously mm. for the podcast. But both My Bloody Valentines, I think, are well worth your time and effort uh, to return to, which is what we'll be doing. It will be uh, an old Valentine off. Yes. 
so yes yeah please join us for that thank you obviously for listening to this particular one all about the birds and uh yeah thanks sarah it's good night from yourself i guess it sure is have a good one and see you on the next episode indeed yes and good night from me thanks for checking in and we'll see you next time bye